Kirk Hallett is executive director of the Joshua Group in the Allison Hill community of Harrisburg. There he serves uh, inner city kids by providing them with the opportunity for educational success. Kirk also sits on the Pennsylvania State Board of Education. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briette, president of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. I am in Allison Hill, uh, a community in the city of Harrisburg. I'm actually at the Joshua Learning Center with executive director of the Joshua Group, uh, Kirk Hallett. Kirk, uh, thanks for uh, having me here at the Learning Center. My pleasure, Matt. Well, well I'm glad uh, that we're able to do this, and, and we may hear some kids in the background eventually. We as, might. Uh, as It's great. It's a great thing to to uh, to hear, particularly because uh, this was a, an empty old building for a very long time mm-hmm. uh, that was essentially gifted to you, but uh, required significant investments it's to exactly. crea- create a, a safe uh, place. Yeah. Uh, where kids are learning. Um, and I want to get to that. And uh, I guess for full disclosure as well, I'm on your board of directors, which yes, you, uh, you honored Good. me with. Thank you. Many, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, it, hey, it's one of the things that uh, I do the least amount. Of. You do all the hard work, uh, but it is something that I'm very proud to be associated with. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thankful you let me do it. Uh, oh, okay. And you put up with me. Okay. So, uh, but uh, what's, and the reason we're here is, are a number of things. One, um, what you're doing in a very uh, difficult community where most kids are not, uh, you know, graduating mm-hmm. um, and a lot of crime, a lot of poverty oh, yes. uh, in this area. Mm-hmm. But you're doing amazing things with kids uh, and in, may, in large part because of some of the, the policies that Pennsylvania has adopted allows you to do this for hundreds of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also a member of, of the Pennsylvania State Board of Education. Yep. I think uh, some people don't even one don't even know uh, that we have a state board of <laughs> education uh, and, and what it does. So I want to get into all of that. But before we do, uh, I want to talk about Kirk, okay. uh, your background and how you ended up here uh, in this community for a couple of decades now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, th- then we'll get into really the wonderful things that you're doing. Uh, Central Pennsylvania, grew up uh, here uh, in Central no, Pennsylvania? No, actually, uh, my dad was in the service, a uh, career guy, retired as a colonel from the Army. Uh, and so we, I was actually born in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, when he was stationed at Fort Bragg. And then we traveled and moved all throughout the world in Japan, Greece, Kentucky, a number of other places. But we finally settled in the army depot, uh, but I, and, uh, he retired from there and then I've been here ever since. So I guess you could say, yeah, I'm central Pennsylvania, you know, now. Yeah. This is certainly where your roots are. <laughs> My uh, roots are yeah, yeah, from, sure. uh, from sixth grade on. So, um, that's, that's my background there. One of eight, one of nine children. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, and so when we picked up to move, I don't want to use the word caravan, <laughs> but you certainly had a caravan. Had a caravan going on. Indeed, indeed, and and so, uh, but you spent uh, you you grew up uh, mm-hmm. and you spent uh, your time in the business for profit world. Yes, uh, for quite a bit of time, right? Almost twenty years. Yeah. I uh, graduated from St. Francis University, Loretto. I want to give a shout out to them, <laughs> and um, then I ended up uh, in sales. I actually graduated with a degree in social work, but I ended up in sales because. There was not much going on in the early 70s in social work. Mm-hmm. And I liked sales. I made good money, and I ended up in construction equipment sales for almost 20 years and, and went rose through the ranks, if you will, in terms of being a sales manager and such. 
and um, and got to a point, um, and that was 20 years ago that we started Joshua. I started Joshua, and that came out of just at the, that point in my life. The kids were a little older. I know I've told you this before. Yeah. I was lousy at golf. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided I wanted to find something to do that, that just, I don't know, made more sense, felt real good as opposed to my business. Nothing wrong with mm-hmm. all of that, mm-hmm. but I was just doing, doing what you do to do what you do. And we had three kids, wife, still do, thank God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact that I came over here on Allison Hill, right around the 1400 block, if you're, anybody's familiar with this area, it's, a, it's rather treacherous uh, in, in terms of uh, living conditions and such. Yeah, I say that uh, if you're watching uh, television at night and you hear about a shooting in the city of Harrisburg, it's probably in this area right here that uh, right. Uh, Joshua is located. Day and night. Yeah. It's unbelievable because it's daytime and, mm-hmm. and uh, right within earshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously I've seen them as, as well. But at any rate, and you lived over on what we call the West Shore. For I those still live that, on yeah, the West Shore, and you're yes. on the West Shore. This is the East Shore. This it's kind of get your passport to yeah. cross the river. <laughs> I each do it day. every day. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you, you know, this wasn't familiar, not at uh, all, uh, community to you, not at all. How did you end up here in Allison? I Hill? actually came over here to do volunteer work with Habitat for Humanity, and Habitat for Humanity was do- redoing the entire block behind this building which is Zarker Street. Mm-hmm. And then this little parish of St. Francis was here. And uh, one day I was walking, I don't know where I was walking down the street, and I happened to see the pastor of, of St. Francis at the time. His name was Father Dan Mitzel. And um, I asked him if he needed any help within the parish, and they needed a, uh, a boys CYO, 7th and 8th grade basketball coach. So I, for, I don't know zip about basketball. I certainly don't play it very well. <laughs> And uh, as far as coaching goes, and so I went out and tried to find one for them, and I couldn't. So he asked me to fill in till we did, and I and I did fill in. That's how I got started in getting to know the kids of this community. So the first day I walked into practice, if you will, with this band of seventh and eighth grade boys, I quickly realized why the previous coach had quit. <laughs> but me being me, I decided, you know, valiantly, uh, this was going to be, you know, uh, 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 that I was going to just be this, you know, guy who runs this basketball team in the inner city, almost like a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a Disney movie. It was more like a Stephen King movie. <laughs> so anyway, so we went three years. I did that for three years and, and got to know uh, personally seventh and eighth grade boys mm-hmm. from this community who none, very few of them had mom and dads or, or, or even a stable family life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they were good guys, um, but doing headed in the direction that the role models out there of the city were having them. They were attending middle school at the time, which was William Penn, at the time when everybody, all, every middle school kid was in the same building. That was a horror movie to go in and see. That was like everything that you just, I mean, if, you, if, if today anybody, you know, uh, would put that on out there on, on the media, it would, yeah. I don't know. So, was, so, so here you are, uh, you know, we'll be frank here. You're a white guy from the West Shore coming to the East Shore, which this is a community of color, right? I mean, right. it's what, probably 95% either uh, black or Hispanic. Right, uh, absolutely. Um, and so you're trying to say, hey, I'm here to 
coach you basketball, right. Uh, right. be your friend. Right. I mean, was that a, a difficult? I mean, did they accept you? They say, yeah, Mr. Kirk, uh, Matt, you know, uh, join us. They did because they really wanted to play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if I wasn't there, okay. they weren't going to be able play. to play. Got it. And this was their pastime. This was uh-huh. their passion. So outside of basketball, you know, um, they, they, you know, I noticed, I realized that they weren't going to school as often as they should. Mm. They were, they were just kind of wandering around, if you will. And school wasn't something that was, not you know, a it, not, not a great place to go anyway. No, it yeah. was awful. Yeah. You really had to be, you, you know, you, that was going into to war, if you mm. will. Mm. And uh, just to protect yourself, self, you know, defense, if you will. Mm. And so anyway, uh, so they wanted to play basketball so bad that they would take me as a coach. And we were a bad team as well. I think in the three years I coached, we were like, I don't know, three and a hundred. or something. <laughs> And whenever I would go, none, none of the parents ever came. Hmm. So we would travel uh, wherever we traveled. You know, it was just me and the team. And they were rambunctious as heck on the van and rambunctious as heck wherever we went. But when we got on the court, they were, they were gentlemen. Hmm. And that was the only thing that always marveled. I always marveled at that. And I have a lot of stories to tell about those band of guys who, um, who just role modeled for mm-hmm. me in so many ways. But you're still, at this time, you're still working as in, in sales, uh, right. but you're just volunteering right. over here. Uh, at what point did it, it turn into this, hey, I'm going to start uh, a, a school, uh, a preschool, uh, tutoring, we're going to have a farm in the urban. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these are all the things that I'm, I'm yeah. you know, forecasting to of what you've been yeah. able to do here. But at what point did you go, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to leave a very good career and I'm going to do a nonprofit uh, right. <laughs> and it, unprofitable uh, exactly. effort. Yeah, It came uh, slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, uh, I want to say, spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, I was... I was a religious guy, but maybe, but this was like, hey, you know, you get a tap on the shoulder. It's like the Paul story where the lightning strikes. Mm. I just felt like I got this tap on the shoulder, like, you know, hey, uh, we really need somebody to help these guys out. And, you know, hey, uh, you know, we, these guys are, we can do better with this. Mm. And over a period of, I'm just going to say years, was a lot of back and forth, like what I want to do. But I realized that my talents in sales, being the white person, and who could take my talents and go out to the community and get help for these guys at that time, it was just guys, to be able to attend a private school, and uh, which we started kind of out of my own pocket. That was a, over a three-year period, and then eventually um, I just said, you know, I'm going to do it, and uh, because I just felt comfortable enough. Even, and I certainly asked my wife, you know, what do you, mm-hmm. that was the hardest part, is going home, it was a calling for me, mm-hmm. and it's been that way ever since, mm-hmm. that this has been a way of life for me. It's not been a job or a career, and uh, the, the big stumbling block was going home and saying to my wife, Deborah, you know, I'm thinking of quitting this job where I'm making almost this amount of money and a lot of money and starting a nonprofit that I don't have any money. <laughs> but when she said, Kirk, and that, a lot of things happened, and this is, I could tell an hour story about how it all fell into place. But miracles do happen. Everything fell into place that I was able to do that and uh, and start the Joshua Group mm-hmm. out of basically out of a, an old gym, then a couple of guys, and we went rocking and rolling from there. As and to, your original mission was what? What were you? What did you say? Here's what I think I can do, or how I can help these kids. And uh, 
Um, what was your, uh, your, your... I think it, it, at that point, I think uh, I sensed that I was, you know, kind of like I became, and as a coach and through the years, I became, I think, the father figure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know the father figure. So at that point, it was me and a brood of basketball players who I was looking out for and they really appreciated, mm-hmm. who I was calling out under circumstances and they really appreciated, who I was knocking on their doors or busting in their doors to get them out of bed to go to school. And, you know, believe it or not, they appreciated mm. it. That, uh, that I would say, then eventually, you know, we got up this idea that we would send, put a couple in this little Catholic school up the street here because the nun, you know, asked if we wanted to do that because I was telling her how bad these guys were doing. Put a couple in there. And they appreciated that, even though they had to put a uniform on and they had to act different mm-hmm. because that was an assimilation into a different culture, if you will. And they did. And, uh, um, and, and all of this uh, pre- predates uh, some of the policy changes that happened did. at the state level yes. uh, that has now allowed for you to grow uh, in, in many ways. Yes. So you're doing this uh, in the late 1990s, correct? Late 1990s, uh, 98 mm-hmm. is when it started, mm-hmm. uh, early 2000s. Uh, then uh, somehow, some way, shape, or form, I got introduced to uh, Senator Pecola, mm-hmm. Jeff Pecola, Jeff Pecola, mm-hmm. who was big time behind the EITC, the Education and, Improvement Tax Credit exactly. that provides scholarships exactly. uh, for kids. Yeah, and he he came. Well, somehow we got introduced to each other, and I really don't yeah. know how, but it was a great introduction. Mm-hmm. Because he came over to this hill from that hill, uh-huh. if you know what I'm talking yeah. about, uh-huh. and he met these guys, and he and I I I told him, I said, you know, this, this idea that you're talking about uh, at that point was K-12, the ITC, is, is a phenomenal gift. And I introduced him to what a phenomenal gift it would be to these guys to have, and, and he was all about choice. Mm-hmm. I'm all about chance. I said, yeah. it's chance <laughs> here, guy. It's yeah. not choice. Right. It's either you either going to make it or you're going to have a difficult time trying to if you're attending public schools. Nothing has really changed in that realm mm-hmm. since almost 20 years mm-hmm. ago. So actually, he told me at one point that he developed and added and threw in the OSTC. The, uh, which opportunity, the opportunity Scholarship. Scholarships, yep. Because that is directed to low-income kids attending failing mm-hmm. schools. And he said he threw that in so that there would be a pocket of money just for uh, the most m- difficult areas. The most yeah. difficult yeah. kind. I want to say yeah. my kind of kid, but the kind of kid that lives in this neighborhood. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. K twelve can is you know parents who make decent money can yeah. go ahead and get that yeah. money first. Yeah, I mean so. there, there there were I think limits of, uh, that were about fifty to sixty thousand. But the families that you're serving uh, are in the the, the teens, in right? The teens yeah. or the twenties yeah. or or God At knows best. what. Yeah. And don't have the sophistication of knowing how to go out after mm-hmm. this. So we became the 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 the, the, the you know the the house, you know, yeah. the place you could come yeah. to that we could get the parents to apply for these scholarships. So, so let's fast forward. I mean, from the uh, late nineties, you start to do this before there's any program. Uh, today we have multiple, uh, uh, tax credit programs that help fund how many students, uh, today are you able to rescue from, uh, the, the failing and unsafe schools in this area and putting into some of the area uh, Catholic schools primarily. Uh, there's also uh, St. Stephen's Episcopal that's mm-hmm. in, in town, right. uh, Bishop McDevitt and right. uh, Harrisburg Catholic. How right. many kids now are utilizing scholarships uh, to uh, have that chance, as you say? 
150 or so right now as mm -hmm. we speak. And that number is growing, and it could grow even further if we, uh, if we had, uh, if there was some stability, if you will, in the ICTC. And I don't want to say that there isn't, but I know when they had the budget battles a couple yep. of years ago, and that was, that's always held hostage mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Now, this really affected us a couple of years ago where we didn't get the funding we normally get. And this is, this is uh, 150 kids who aren't going to get it anywhere else, and they don't have any other money. I mean, this is, these kids are not able to afford, you know, food, yeah. much and less an education at a Catholic school. And, and, and the only reason why they are the Catholic schools, Matt, is because those are the ones that are available. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones with the empty seats in the city. And I'm not so sure that if we weren't filling some of those seats in the St. Stephen's and in where the Harrisburg Catholic, I might be speaking out of term, I'm not so sure they'd even be here anymore mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they were losing, you know, their, their attendees. So it was when we first approached them and said, we have these kids on the hill that, you know, are poor and, you know, whatever, um, we want to bring them to your school. And, and, and we had some resistance at first, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, somewhat. And I think it was just being nervous, but now about what these kids going to be like. But we, we, we are now our own scholarship organization. We and providing uh, scholarships, I mean, a lot of people think, oh, my goodness, you're, you're providing, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 scholarships. No. I mean, what, 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 what's the average uh, uh, student uh, scholarship that they're getting? I'm going to say $7,500, uh, mm -hmm. but mostly it's lower in the $4,500, which the grade school, which are most of the kids. Mm -hmm. But, of course, that number goes up when you're talking about high school because and, that's and even for, more. Yeah, and for comparative terms, uh, the Harrisburg School District spending upwards of eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand 20000 right. uh, per year. So right. a right. fraction of the cost right. uh, for a kid and your success rate. Twice, uh, twice yeah. more than twice the payout. Yeah, so I think, what, 97%? Uh, 97% are graduating and moving to the next, next grade level. Mm -hmm. we, we count them all. It, with the Harrisburg School District, sadly, very sad to say, I believe their graduation rate is only 49%. And that's for the kids that actually make it through all four exactly. years, uh, not the exactly. kids that actually drop There's out along of, the way. It's unbelievable what's lost in, in, the, in the mess. So, so uh, tell a, a story of kind of the, the, the typical kid that is coming to Joshua. I mean, are you having to go beat down doors and say, hey, no. you, you need to uh, get uh, exercise your chance here no. and having this? What, what, how, no. does, how does it work? Well, one of the reasons why it works, the main reason why it works, is if a kid is, is I'm going to say, lucky enough to get a scholarship, because if we're lucky enough to be able to raise the money, mm -hmm. we'll make some kid lucky. Because uh, uh, the demand is greater than the supply, correct? Absolutely. There's a lot of kids that are knocking on your door right. that uh, you're not able to help. Daily. Yeah. So the, the key to it all is if you get the scholarship, you have to come to our after-school program. So our after-school program means that they have to come at least two, maybe three, more, three afternoons a week from three to five. So they're putting in their whatever, age, six or seven hours a day in school. Then they have to come here and put in two more. And we're not doing tiddlywinks here. We are doing, you know, uh, we have this computer lab right here. So we're doing remedial software programs, both in reading and writing. And we are making sure they do their homework and that they're, you know, they're doing what they need to do at school. So the schools really appreciate that we're not just dumping a kid in their school. Yeah. The, the, we're You're actually coming alongside we them. We come yeah. alongside them. We, we send our, 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 some of our workers who you were former Joshua Group kids that now work for us to into the school to help when they can, free to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how the whole formula really works. I'm going to give you a typical kid, um, a typical situation. 
unfortunately, there's there's if you see the kids around here, you think, oh wow, these are you know, but there's a lot of backstories. Yeah. And the one particular, I know you've heard this story before, but I'm going to tell it for your audience. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Grandma uh, shows up at the door one day uh, of the Joshua Learning Center and says, uh, the quintessential African-American grandma who is worried about her grandson and comes to us, she heard about us, and she said, my grandson really needs to be in this program, but he won't get out of the car. (laughs) And he was in eighth grade, and he was uh, uh, starting to get into trouble with the law, vandalism, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was just the start. Um, this boy had lost his mother violently uh, when he was nine years old in front of his house. Mm. His dad, uh, God bless him, just was not there. So grandma picks up the kid's life and says, this is what we're going to do. So I was able to go out to the car and talk him into getting out of the car, coming in here, and um, we helped him start at McDevitt the following year. And the Bishop McDevitt is because it was the only, it's just the only private school mm-hmm. available that's reasonably It's a 9 private. through 12 Catholic yeah, school. Yeah, it's a 9 yeah, through 12, yeah, but yeah. we're not about all that. Yep. None of the, I don't even know how many kids are Catholic, if any, yeah. in this group. And nobody yeah. pushes that. It's just, they welcome him because they know he's a Joshua kid. They know he's got a backstory. And they're going to try to, and the teachers and that school work really hard with us to make mm-hmm. sure these kids are successful. So you, you coaxed him out of the, the car. I'm sure that didn't change his heart and mind at no. that point of, no. hey, I'm all no, in. No, 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 no. He was a struggle. <laughs> Grandma wouldn't let him up, and we wouldn't let him out. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it takes it, that teamwork, right? It does, yeah. absolutely. And every single day yeah. he would say, this is so hard, I can't do this. He struggles as a student. Uh-huh. He struggled as a student. Uh-huh. This is so hard, I can't do this, I can't do this. So, um, but with time, he was able to walk on his own. And so as we speak, you know, he's going to graduate from Bishop McDevitt tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. He was accepted at Penn Tech up in Williamsport, Mm -hmm. uh, which is what he wanted to do. Uh, He is absolutely thrilled, so happy that he stuck it out. He mm. did stop by not too long ago, caught me by accident out front because I was leaving to go home. And he did say, you know, I don't know what would have happened if you hadn't talked me out of the car four years ago. Mm. And I said, I have a pretty good idea. He said, you know, I do too, but I don't want to think about it. Mm. But now I'm graduating from Bishop McDevitt and I got accepted here. And, and, and I want to thank somebody. Mm those guys and girls and people you talked about all the time, because I do talk about the donors a lot to these, these kids, you know, mm-hmm. like somebody's paying your way. Somebody's putting your seat here, mm-hmm. you in this seat here, they don't know you, but I'm telling you it's an investment and I want to make sure the investment pays mm-hmm. off. So that usually works with the kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's like, if you don't pull it together, you're not going to be here. You're going to let someone down too. Exactly. Uh, and that's, I, I know you've got lots of stories like that. Oh, Kirk. Yes. And there's, I mean, some of the guys here, I see Anthony walking in the yes. background there right. and, and Purcell, uh, who's right. even gone on to even bigger things. Yes, he I has. Mean, uh, so some of these kids that uh, go through the program, and mm-hmm. come back and want to give back. And I know that you have a huge summer program mm-hmm. uh, that not only for Joshua kids, but even kids in the public schools. Any uh, kid that, that wants yeah. to come up to, the, up to the point that we can fit them in here. Which so, isn't just, you know, uh, kickball and, oh, no, and no, fun. No, 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 You're no. actually doing educational we things are. in the summer. And it's former Joshua kids right. that are doing the teaching and the, right. and the leading. They run the uh, whole thing. 
which is amazing. So it is. So, uh, I mean, you, I also mentioned early on that you had even started a farm at mm-hmm. one point of mm-hmm. teaching the kids mm-hmm. uh, some of the business skills, right? right. Uh, right. Farming skills right. in the city. Right. Um, so, I mean, these are the things that you have done over the 20 years uh, that uh, you've been doing this uh, that started as coaching basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, and I mean, I'm so thankful for what you and your right hand uh, woman does, yes. you know, Deb Miller, who's yes, uh, exactly. keeps the trains running on time. Oh, <laughs> we miss her. Yes. Uh, she's out with a, had a hip replacement. Yes. And, and uh, oh my goodness, the trains are, I think, running. <laughs> okay. They haven't crashed. That Your job, Kirk, is to make sure they don't crash. They haven't uh, crashed. That, no. That's right. No. Uh, so um, uh, where, where do you see this going? I mean, what, and, and where could the state um, do more to make sure that there are more Joshua's all across Pennsylvania, particularly in our urban areas, uh, but that Joshua right here uh, could grow. What would that, I mean, you mentioned the stability, if that we can make sure, and I think that there hopefully been some fixes so that um, EITC money is not held hostage again. Um, but uh, is it just more money? I mean, that if we had more resources that we could grow the number of seats in area schools and, and there would be more kids served? Yes. If I were governor for the day yeah, or whatever yeah. you want to call it, um, I, I think it's sad that, you know, we talk, I joke about Capitol Hill and Allison Hill. Mm-hmm. And we're what, as a crow flies, maybe a mile yeah. apart. But it's worlds, worlds apart day, yes. as far as understanding what could be achieved you know, if we could help poor kids get the education they deserve. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, making, I'm, not make, I'm not trying to make a statement about public school. I'm not trying to make a statement about teachers or, 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 or any, anything out there in a negative way. I just know that in the city of Harrisburg alone, um, out of 7,000 kids, you know, only half are going to graduate. I don't know how many are dropping out. And then I see the results out here and in the soup kitchen mm. and in, in what's going on out here. I'd see in here what's going on in here, that given an opportunity to be in a safe, serious school environment uh, that they, they can, they'll thrive and they want to thrive. Mm-hmm. They do all the schoolwork. The students do all the schoolwork. All we do is provide them the chance. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to reduce crime, reduce poverty, reduce prison population, reduce, you know, welfare programs, mm-hmm. reduce all that stuff that everybody's pretty upset about most of the time. I would first, you know, I would, I would first mandate early childhood education for those below, and below a certain poverty line, uh, not across the board. Do it like EITC. Mandate. If you're in this, you know, you're going to get some early childhood. Now, Head Start mm-hmm. does that. Mm-hmm. But it fills that role right now. But, you know, Matt, right now, Head Start's helping maybe four or 500 kids in the city of Harrisburg. But there's three or 400 kids on a waiting list mm-hmm. sitting at home mm-hmm. right now. That's where it all, that's where the failure starts. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. So and, I and would Joshua, early and, jo- and Joshua has, is providing those uh, uh Simply because of the demand that, right. that, that 50, was out you got there. Fifty yeah. kids coming up and down the stairs today that you'll uh-huh. see the little toddlers. That we do that free to them to allow them to have be ready when they yeah. hit first grade. Building the foundational blocks for yes. learning in the future. That's what I would do first. Uh, and I'm talking quality early childhood education. I'm not talking about babysitting. And uh, I see where that investment mm. pays off, and that we have the Anthony's here. You know, this is 
you know, we have the Purcells here. Mm -hmm. We have the, 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 the Thomases here who would, and, and the Yannis here who would sell, say to you if they had the chance, if I didn't get this chance, I'm afraid I would be in dead jail. Yeah. I wouldn't be that, doing good things. And that's not hyperbole. No. That's <laughs> I mean, exactly, that's reality. That's reality yeah. because that's the life. That was that's the the, the path they saw, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They, and they got introduced to a different path, and people caring, and they chose that path, and now they're here coaching the younger kids to do that. So, secondly, I know vouchers is a you know a four letter word. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. <laughs> so, the V word, yes. <laughs> but I would uh, it's to 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 across the board, yeah. so you wouldn't have a little organization like Joshua struggling, mm -hmm. if you will. I'm not saying we're struggling, but. But we're only able to provide yeah. for a couple hundred kids yeah. if, if vouchers were available. If you funded kids rather than systems or schools, um, that money would follow them to the school of choice. Right. Uh, and I think we and I fully believe we would have more of a marketplace so that you would you would have more than just Bishop McDevitt. You'd have more than Harrisburg Catholic or St. Stephen's Episcopal uh, as the, the only alternatives right. in the city here. Right. Um, if you actually said, hey, we're not going to give all 20000 that we spend in the public schools, but maybe a fraction of that. And I think it could be done. Especially with I, – and I would, I would gear it or steer it towards low income. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where that level is, but that's where I would steer it because then we're not just – then again, it's not just a choice. And it's not like, as they say, oh, religious schools just trying to fill up their seats. Yeah. No, this isn't that at all. This is a chance. Mm -hmm. And uh, and 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 most of the kids here are here not because they necessarily want to go to a private school. They just don't want to go to the school up yeah. the street. Mm -hmm. And if I if we walk through those hallways, you would easily see that that's just not meant for everybody. There's some kids that that's all they know, and they they'll thrive in that, and they'll figure it out or not. And most of them won't. But the ones that are saying, you know, I don't want to live like this. Yeah. That's what gets them here. That's what gets them a scholarship, and then that that's what gets them to spend. Uh, you know, we'll have 140 kids in our summer program for seven weeks uh, coming in here and doing um, schoolwork, mm -hmm. if, 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 but, but fun, in a mm -hmm. fun way. You mm -hmm. know, we'll do the STEM stuff. We do the art stuff. We do everything to do is around, you know, some sort of uh, subject matter so that they'll be here for seven weeks. So we we are doing something about what they call a summer slide. And we're also giving the kids a place to be. Uh, other than the streets mm -hmm. or at home mm -hmm. for that seven weeks in the morning. And it makes a big difference. So um, if, 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 if um, the parents and the kids had a chance to, if they were in a failing school, a consistently failing school, to go to another school um, in a generation, I think in a generation, we would see our uh, social services systems yeah. and all that kind of stuff the crime, prison, you name it, drug, you, yeah. would be reduced. Well, I, I'm convinced I, yeah, of that. I am too, and that's why uh, this is always my a top of my list of the policies that we need to address because uh, the common denominator, the single greatest common denominator amongst those that are trapped in our welfare system or our correction system is the lack of a good education. Right. And mm -hmm. so if we, and, and mm -hmm. you say this all the time, that education is the greatest anti-poverty program, right? Uh, and that is, is the one that works. Yeah, it's the one that works, right? <laughs> and so if we get that right, mm -hmm. uh, we and you're seeing it in the kids that are going through Joshua mm -hmm. uh, and are going on, and they're not mm -hmm. dependent on the system, whether mm -hmm. it's the welfare system or mm -hmm. the correction system. Mm -hmm. They're actually productive members of society 
and they're coming back and helping to make exactly. sure there's more of that. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what we want to see. They could go elsewhere. So I had mentioned but they're coming back. that they are, and I had mentioned earlier, you are on the State Board of Education. Yes. Uh, and I know that goes back to uh, your longtime relationship with uh, former Senator uh, Jeff Pacola. Exactly. Um, Tell us what the State Board of Education even does uh, and and what you're doing uh, there to, well, maybe try to solve some of these problems we've been talking about. You know, um, walking, I walk to the meetings because they're downtown, and that's about 10 blocks. Uh And again, when you walk from here down to the State Board of Education, it's it's a chasm. Different worlds, (laughs) yes. yes. And, And God bless them. They, they are all really, really, really good people, uh, caring people, concerned about education. Because, but we don't really have policy. Um, we, we get to vote things up or down, but we can't make policy. Mm. And uh, so jokingly, if you will, I'm not even sure it is even jokingly anymore because I will go on what I call my rants at the state board, which is we'll be talking about at the state board all the problems that exist with, you know, in high school with this situation or that situation or these tests or that test or this or that or this. And I said, you know, in reality, that's going to just, why are we talking about, you know, down here when up here at the beginning of the whole thing in early childhood, most, a lot of that stuff would be eliminated. So the state board is a, is a I like being there because you're kind of like watching the show right uh-huh. where it is, mm-hmm. but we're not really much more than an audience in terms of being able to uh, enact anything uh, that, that um, doesn't come from, you know, one of the legislators or mm-hmm. legislative body or the mm-hmm. governor. Department so, of Education. Uh, the, 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 or the Department of Education, yeah. which is the governor, yeah. you know. Right, <laughs> so, right. On the, you know? right. And, and again... Um, the um, and then the, the 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 change of regime, if you will, when between the there's a lot of politics involved in it. <laughs> so you know, you go four years and you're chugging along doing this, and then another guy comes in and you're chugging along doing. Now you're going to unravel all that yeah, and go in a different direction. and go yeah, in a different yeah. direction. And uh, I I gotta say, um, my 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 own wife is, is a re- just retired from teaching from 20 years, mm-hmm. and um, one of the things that I think allowed her to see retirement as something that she might find okay was was the mandates mm. the craziness of always having to tell you know do something better the testing the all that other kind of stuff that it's all turned into uh and i don't know what, I, I don't really know what to say about all that mm-hmm. but i know that um that teachers you know are they need to be teachers and not production you know? yeah yeah <laughs> so nothing enough said of that but um the state board again is um is, uh, you know, I get to see what's going on at the, at, 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 at the legislative and policy level, but a lot of it doesn't really, I don't, and I don't, I don't use it here. You yeah. Know? yeah. I, and, not, and not, uh, applicable or practical for not what necessarily, no, because this is a, this is a war zone here mm-hmm. and we're a mass unit as one of our board members calls. <laughs> if anybody knows the mass shows, yes, yeah. man, you're, you're dating this, yourself and we're, yes, say, I, yeah. we're a, this little tent, if you will, this little <laughs> building up here on Alice uh-huh. in this war zone where folks come in and they want to be, they want to be, they want a chance. Yeah. And, uh, we, because of, uh, of, of EITC, we would we wouldn't be in business mm. if it wasn't for EITC, mm. and we wouldn't be in business if it wasn't for private foundations and or folks who write big fat checks to go into our tuition account, which in our scholarship 
account that then goes out to the students. And I know I can say EITC, we can take 20% of that and put it in our administrative costs. We don't. We take use 100% of the EITC money towards scholarship. Mm -hmm. We go raise our programming money elsewhere so and our administrative money elsewhere. So um, that is what I see happening here in a small way here, and I don't know why it couldn't happen in a big way uh, if we, you know, enacted, call it what you want to yeah. call it, but the V word, you know, if we enacted right. something that gave uh, poor kids, families, a chance to, to mm -hmm. <laughs> education is the anti-poverty program. That's right. And then, there's a lot of good private schools out there that they could go to, get the education they need cheaper, and be more successful and members of our communities. Um, which they deserve. Yeah. Well, and that's why uh, I love being able to bring uh, folks from Capitol Hill to Allison Hill oh, yeah. to see what's going on here. And I know that uh, we've had a number of uh, state uh, legislators, House and Senate members that fall in love uh, with Joshua, with, with what's happening here um, and are volunteering time. Yes. Um, and the more people that we can get to, to see the difference that this makes uh, in the lives of kids, right. I mean, and and life or death in some right. ways, mm -hmm. um, uh, than what we're talking about here. And so I, w I would offer uh, that anybody that is listening that wants to see what choice or chance means for uh, for these kids, let's you know, let's set up a time to come to Joshua, mm -hmm. uh, because I think that that's what when people see uh, what this does in the lives of kids and what you're doing, Kirk. And I'm so thankful for what you and Deb and your whole team here does for kids because, mm -hmm. uh, um, we take it for granted. Those mm -hmm. of us who live in, you know, uh, on the West shore or, mm -hmm. or out in the suburbs, um, we take things for granted. Uh, here you don't because, um, this is reality. Right. Uh, it's, it's a reality that, uh, f you know, fortunately a lot of us don't have to live in, right. um, but we can make things better for right. those, uh, here in right. Allison Hill. Right. So I want to thank you for uh, the time that, uh, you've spent with me telling your story. Uh, but more importantly for the years that you've invested in the lives of kids, well, you are uh, you're a saint, uh, Saint Kirk. Uh, My wife will disagree. <laughs> yes, but our wives you know, always uh, yeah. reveal the they always, yeah, I know you. Yes, yes, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. So, uh, Kirk, really appreciate you joining me here on Brews and Views, and I I wish you well as I know you are looking at the end of your your uh, career, if yes. you will, um, but leaving a legacy. Uh, and I know a lot of kids really appreciate you mm -hmm. for what you've done. And I'd like to say one more thing, Matt, that anybody, legislators, certainly, mm -hmm. or anybody that in that world over there, it, uh, no matter where you lay your groundwork as far as your policy and politics and ideas, mm -hmm. I guarantee if you come up here and walk around this building and see what's going on and, 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 and meet and greet, if you will, some of our students and our you know, graduates who now work for us, you will walk out of here a different person. Mm -hmm. An absolutely different, and it will be a hopeful person. An idea you will see something that's actually good, wholesome, and and and, and working to make kids' lives better in this god awful community. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 if you don't, if you don't, you know, you'll certainly feel better. Yeah, yeah. Well, or you won't have you don't have a heart if you don't. Well, is I, that, I was, was going to say that. You know, I've seen some you know hard hard-nosed dudes yes. come up here 
and walk out of here with tears in their eyes. And I'm not kidding you when I say that. I'm talking about, you know, the guys that are out there, you know, as they say, you know, those guys don't brush their teeth. They sharpen their teeth. <laughs> and they're the ones that come in here sometimes and they already got everything figured out, mm-hmm. you know. But by the time they leave, they're speechless and teary-eyed. And I've seen that more than I than I could count. It does. You do it to me regularly, so, and I'm <laughs> thankful for that. So, Kirk uh, Hallett, uh, executive director of the Joshua Group, thanks for joining me again on Brews and Views. Thank you. You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E.